Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network ticking in your ears once more because we are here to do 24 Season 4, Episode 7, 1pm to 2pm. It was directed by Ken Garotti, written by Joel Cernow and Michael Losef, first aired on the 31st of January 2005. It's an interesting one. It's an exciting one because we get everybody's favorite flavor saver back to tell everybody that he is in control. And I'm very, very excited to talk about that. My name is Ben and I shouldn't do this, Colin. I could faint. I have low blood sugar. And my name is Colin and no, that's a jump A. I need a load A. (laughs) This episode's quite good. Uh, I mean, it's not. Is it? (laughs) <laughs> I guess we know where we're going with this one. Like, it's it's we've had a couple of buys in a row, and like this is like not as good as the last couple. Of weeks. It's kind of like a ladder. You're going down the rungs. Like, okay, well, this is getting a bit, you know. And then we'll see that more next week, and then the next few weeks after that. But like this one's like, I think what saves it for me is the ending. Well, not not the ending ending because maybe the cliffhanger is the most cheesiest line closing we've ever had in the history of 24. But Tony's appearance, I remember watching this live. Back in the day, on the 31st of January 2005, little Ben lost his shit. I was pumped. And we've only missed him for seven episodes, if you're being realistic. But at the end of the day, a whole year had passed. We'd missed him. Here he is. There he is. Carlos Bernard. Cubby's back next week. We're pumped. Again, if you're watching this, like, binging it, you've only missed him for six episodes. It's no big deal. But Tony's back. Colin, come on. Get pumped. you got to like it for that, at least. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... I, I know it was spoiled that he was going to be coming back. And I, I'm i pretty sure that it was even spoiled he'd be back around episode eight. So this being a little bit before that, uh, I remember being surprised uh, because especially you don't expect a return like that. You know, he even says, there's only one man I can, there's only one man who can help me. <laughs> um, I, I think at this point I was even thinking, oh, he's calling Chloe. Cause I don't even know if he refers to as a man that can help me. It's like, I got one friend who can help me or something like that. But I mean, it's such a heroic entrance, but w- when we get to next week, it's going to be interesting. There, there's a, there's a very similar parallel I found to how Tony comes into this and how we see him next week. But I think next week's where I'm going to get really excited, but yeah, I don't know. Until we get to Tony's appearance at the end of this, like, it's a lot of build. It's a lot of stalling and not not necessarily all of it good. Um, I, I think we're definitely going to differ on some of our opinions this week. I, look, I see what you're saying, but I also know that I'm just relishing the next couple of weeks because then we just get a string of three episodes in a row, which is just a crap. So, like, we've got this one next week and the week after, which, you know, uh, uh, solid, passable. 
then we've just got three where you're like, holy crap. Like at this point in 24, until we get to season six, probably the worst stretch of episodes we will get. Um, but it picks up straight away. Like unlike season six, <laughs> where it doesn't really recover, at least season four at some point goes, oh, okay, we weren't doing too well there. Let's get better. And they do very well. So, but anyway, um, like I see what you're saying. They're like, there's some stuff here with the build though. Like, the Araz family stuff is amazing. Oh, um, that saves it, yeah. The acting that we get with that is is incredible. Um, <laughs> the whole Sarah stuff around what's-her-face oh. is just okay. Um, Curtis gets a bit of time to shine, which is funny. Uh, and then we get Aaron's daughter. Cool. Um, but And we get a bit of Paul drama, you know. <laughs> I've, I've been treating you like a child. <laughs> Talk to you soon. <laughs> um, he's getting better this week, though. So see don't forget you soon. Maya's Maya's allergies finally come up because we've all been wondering when that will pay off. <laughs> we've got the wrong file. <laughs> see, I'm just jumping in right now. You know what would have fixed that, Colin? If Milo had been there at 5 a.m. to format files, they wouldn't have yeah. got the wrong one. <laughs> the stupid doctors needed Milo. They're they're also bogged down with kernels this week and and loadies and jumpies. Nobody knows what to do with the files. And is this the one where we get what's a face from um, DoD office? He's always on the phone. Mandy or whatever her name is. Every well, Marcy. Five, Marcy. Every Nothing five. next week. Yeah. Well, every five seconds, Marcy's here. Marcy. 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 Who's <laughs> <laughs> Marcy? <laughs> anyway, um, don't talk to me about next week about random Heller's assistant. Um, but this week on twenty four. Uh, shall we get the CTU stuff over and done with? Um, sure. So, um, I also, you've got, to, I love the good, um, exposition that we have basically in the beginning of this episode with CTU because, you know, you start off with what Jack and he's all like, oh yes, Audrey, we're going to go identify the man that you saw for three seconds of that party six months ago, who you just happened to remember every single thing about him. You're so good. That made a real impression. I'm so glad you got such a good memory, Audrey. So like, this is why I love you. Um, so and of course they've got the whole like, oh, you're not coming with me, but I'm the only person that can identify it. Oh well, nothing's going to happen to us at a random place offside of CTU, so you're fine. Um, so she's going to come down with them down to, I don't know, identifiers are us and identify this guy. <laughs> Um, and meanwhile, what's CTU doing at the beginning of this episode, Colin? Oh, they're having another meeting. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we need to play the 24 drinking game in season four <laughs> of meetings and torture. We'd be drunk every single episode. So the, everyone gather around. Let's have a meeting. Now, they found out about this nuclear thing, what, like an hour ago, right? And already Curtis has got his PowerPoint presentation up. He's got his slides. Next slide. Next slide. Oh, look, this plant's going to kill 50,000. This plant's going to quit kill 12 million. Like... Curtis, efficient man with his research. <laughs> like, I mean, season one, still waiting for the passenger list. Season four, Curtis, PowerPoint presentation, employee of the month right there. And everybody, he's gathered yeah. around. They're all looking in. They're getting ready to go. He had this ready six hours ago because to him, this was, a, well, it's so obvious what's going on, guys. <laughs> but like, I had my obvious, I had my obvious PowerPoint here ready to go. Season two, nuclear bomb, right? Like, I can almost excuse that because I literally that's in the first episode and you've got what's his face, Mr. President, we have reason to believe a nuclear bomb's going to go off and we think it's going to go off today. Now, he could have gotten that information four hours ago. We don't know how long he's had that information for. Or let's be honest, I'm sure that the US government has some files ready to go, formatted by Miles, 
that like if all of a sudden Joe Biden tomorrow gets a phone call, Mr. Biden, like, um, you know, Omaha, Nebraska is about to be nuked. All right, get me the file. Look, Omaha, Nebraska. These are projections. Three people dead and two goats. Sorry, John Carroll. But like that's probably ready to go. Do they really have files on their system going like, this is what happens if 104 nuclear power plants go up? I love how they've just got this all ready to go. But in typical meeting fashion of CTU, everyone gather around. We've got the... You've got the two, the 1 p.m. meeting, everyone. All right, guys, this is what's going to happen now. Get back to work. Like, could this not just be sent an email? Like, I work in an office now. If there's a thing like this, I just get an email. Hey, guys, everyone, all the soccer games this week are going to be, like, blown up. These are how many people are going to die. Get back to work. Like, we don't have a well, meeting. They, they don't even have to get up off their desks. They got this video conferencing thing exactly. that's conveniently going to disappear. No wonder there's so many terrorist threats today. They're just too busy having <laughs> meetings and torturing their staff. <laughs> TCU is so inept this season. Um, but anyway, so like we know how many people are going to die. But this, is this where they call the president, or is that later on? Where, or maybe it's next week. Uh, there's a moment next week. Oh, is it? Is there something in this meeting or something where somebody just says like something really obvious, where it's clearly to like you know remind the audience of what's happening. They say something like, oh, and this is how many people are going to die. And I think it might be Aaron to turn around and goes, is this because of the nuclear override that was stolen yeah. by the terrorists <laughs> yes. that is now being held by them? Yes, Aaron, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like, uh, l- like, let's repeat what happened last week going on here. This is this is definitely one thing that kids these days, probably like when they watch TV from back then, are always thinking like, why do they repeat things that we know? Like, when you're binging We've, something on Netflix, you never have this because it all drops mm-hmm. in one go, so you don't need to do this. Obviously, this is a weekly show. It airs every week, and some people probably maybe missed it. They didn't see it. So it makes it's worse in, like, 70s and 80s and shows like that that even maybe did continue from week to week, so they didn't really. But it's just funny watching this. You mean that device that the terrorist <laughs> <laughs> Like, And this is a real-time show. Literally eight minutes ago, we knew this. <laughs> They're like you and I right now well, going like, by the way, Colin, welcome back to the 24 recap here on the Oz Network, a podcast about movies, TV. It's like Curtis is writing this like, hey, guys, this is a show where we need to remind people about things. <laughs> well, they even do it with um, with uh, Heller and, and Paul. This scene. Did you know that Audrey was sleeping with Jack Bauer? <laughs> yes. When did you find out? About an hour ago. <laughs> Not a week, an hour. <laughs> it's, do, do you remember that we were married? Yes, Paul. I gave her away, remember? <laughs> I said I would see you soon, and here I am. <laughs> Curtis is here. <laughs> Secretary Heller, this is your son. Thank you, Curtis. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that happens. And then we've still got, what's her name? Marianne, whatever. I don't even fucking remember her name. Uh, <laughs> Aisha. Aisha's here. Um, and cause remember that was the big plot twist last week. She's evil. I should mention the Paul bit. Yeah. Okay. Paul, secretary, Heller, Jack, they have a bit of a tiff. I do kind of love, what is, what is like Paul say to Jack? Like she's my wife. And then, don't you forget that. No, sorry. Hang on. Let me try that I, again. <clears throat> she's my wife. Don't you forget that? <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of like that exchange, though. I I, I like like a, a Paul's not approaching him like the way you expect your your typical angry ex husband to be because like I think that's one of the things that I always like about Paul's character is he, yeah. he's not what you expect of this. Agreed. And then Jack's reaction to it is like Jack's respectful. He's like, "You're right. She is still your wife. 
I'll watch out for her. And actually, and that's what I was saying like last week when like it's, you know, this is a storyline I should hate, but I actually like it because I think you're right and that's a good point. And I think also what the writers have done really well with this storyline is the balance of the type of character. So you've got Audrey, who's what, like the secretary's daughter, very smart, very intelligent. But as we're going to see, like this episode, bit of a fucking badass too. Jesus Christ. Like I love how Audrey's written this episode. But like then you got Jack, who's, you know, big dong, tough man, American hero, um, hates helicopters. He, he has all of this stuff going on, whereas Paul's kind of like, you know, geeky business guy who... See you soon. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, I sometimes look at Paul and go, like, what the fuck does Audrey see in him? Like, how the hell does this happen? But, like, I think Paul starts off badly and then develops better, even though there is still some shit to come with him, which isn't Paul's fault. It's the writing fault. Mm. But, um, yeah, like, but, like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, Jack, Jack should be, I mean, Jack is a bully. We've established Jack is a bully in the workplace. But Jack's a very respectful man. Like, you know, like, yeah. Kind of like what he'll have this scene in the car when he's kind of like, you know, like, is that what you really want? Like, just what a respectful man. Like, this guy could kick fucking Paul's ass. And in a couple episodes, he will kick Paul's ass. But, like, <laughs> it's just, like, I don't know. There's just something about Jack the tough, you know, I'm Jack Bauer. Well, he's a he's a tender man sometimes. Well, we, sometimes. This is Ben dreaming now. <laughs> Occasionally. Some, sometimes I want him to be nice, slow, and tender. Other times, just <laughs> ravish me like I'm a helicopter. <laughs> But, but like we saw some of this with uh, you know, when he uh, was interacting with Chase at the end of last season, like, you know, and you need to do the right thing and all that. Uh, I, I think there's a big difference. There's a lot of this soap opera stuff plays so much better in season four that doesn't pass seasons because the actress you have working for it, uh, particularly with Kim Raver. Like she really knows how to make this soap opera stuff not seem cheesy. James Frain's an incredible actor. Like I said, he's, he's had some amazing performances outside of this. I don't think he's very comfortable with the dialogue of this soap opera, but what he has going for him is this sympathetic look. Like he knows how to visually act this part. Like you feel for this guy, even if when you're listening to him, you're like, like, that's it. Like, come on, like, give us a little something more. But yet you watch him and you actually feel the emotion I think you're supposed to be getting from the dialogue. And you do a lot more throughout this season because I think it's that, that great writing of this. He goes through some stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, it's great the writing, I think, too, where you're not meant to sympathize with the husband of the guy, of the girl that Jack Bauer's fucking. Like, you're meant to be, yeah, Team mm. Jack, but like, and what's so good about how they write this and with Audrey and everything is this this level that Audrey discovers who Jack really is and what Jack is capable of. So, yeah. therefore, like, you're going to see kind of this twist and parallel where almost Audrey's almost drawn back to Paul because of what Jack becomes because Audrey's never seen Jack this way. Whereas, like, yeah. when we get to Renee in a couple of seasons, that's pretty much all that Renee knows. And you kind of it's have... the opposite with them. You kind of get this storyline with Renee, which annoys me, where they sort of... They turn Renee Jackass because she's around Jack for one hour, so automatically she needs to do things like Jack. It makes all the sense in the world. But, like, whereas, say, Terry is completely devoid of that life, sort of, and then it comes to her in that way it does, then you've kind of got Audrey where it's like Jack stepped away from that life but gets drawn back into it, and then Renee meets Jack at the point where Jack's still Jack. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like it's a cool little balance, I guess, between the three, and then poor old Kate's just... There. <laughs> <laughs> there and gone. <laughs> uh, we're just, you know, thinking about all the, the women that, and, and what's the face from last season, but I guess, you know, the, the handful of women that Jack has slept with because he's a faithful man. Um, unlike Audrey, <laughs> married woman. 
<laughs> but is this is the episode where like he we find out that basically Paul's what just ignored calls from her for like eight months or whatever and now so like in that aspect you're like okay I'm kind of with Audrey here like dude like you've taken yeah. eight months to come here and now a man comes in and pisses on your property I'm not saying that Jack's into that but like um and if he is good for him because real men piss on women what don't say stuff. <laughs> I don't stop sometimes, do I? I notice you're living alone right now. I can't help but notice that. It was coming out of my mouth, and I'm literally going, you're not going to say this sentence. Just be a man. Yeah, fuck it. Be a man and piss on your women. Just get them on the ground and rip it out and pee all over them. Golden shower. They're dirty, all right? Instead of having a shower, save water, piss on them. There you go, all over them. Golden it. Golden it up. Donald Trump's into that, isn't he? That worked out for him. Oh, uh, <laughs> Is that a new T-shirt? Be a man gosh. and piss on your woman. <laughs> that won't get taken down on our new <laughs> Oh, um, shit. I, I, I guess last thing to really just say on the whole Paul Audrey thing, I, I think what you say is interesting. Like he's he's been gone for eight months or whatever, but I think what also makes this not so predictable storyline is it's not like he's just having interest because he finds out she's got somebody new. He's basically saying, Hey, I'm ready to make this work again. And then she's like, uh, I got some bad news for you. Like, so it doesn't make him this jealous ex-husband in that way. Yeah. And I think we'll get to the car scene. Cause obviously that's a bit separate to what we're doing here, but yeah, there's some other stuff there with it as well. But um, what do we have for the CTU drama here? Um, oh, talking about exposition, obvious for the audience that would not clearly make any evil people at CTU know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> what is like Marianne come up to Sarah? Hey, Sarah. Yes, Marianne, who's worked here for an hour. Um, I need to give this document to Jack Bauer. Oh, he has just left. Oh, has he? Yes, he has gone to that secret place with Audrey to help discover a person that may be connected to the evil plot because that information is not relevant to you at all. But I thought I would tell you all of that because for some reason the writers make me think this is important. Like, like, why does she say all that? If All she has to say is, oh, he just left. Oh, where'd he go? Yeah. Oh, he, 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 he's out in the field. Okay. Like, like, I again, I day one, when I'm at my new job, I'm not like, hey, random person. Yes, person I don't know. Oh, I need to find this person. Oh, no, they're out going and signing secret soccer stars to bring to Australia for this amount of money that we're not meant to tell people. Okay, thanks. <laughs> like, like wh- why does she have to tell her that? Yeah, I, I'm really struggling whether this is just badly written episode or if it's their intention to make Marianne a really bad liar because this this whole thing with Marianne and Sarah is going to be much more frustrating than I thought it was. And I was coming into the season feeling like this was going to be one of the most frustrating parts for me. Um, it, it's going to get worse. But oh, yes. just everything everything around this, like like – when she goes to uh, reboot a server or something like that, you know, like Marianne's just falling in line with all of these other henchmen we've seen is like, this is just the worst gallery of henchmen we have ever seen in 24. Like everybody's an absolute idiot. Yeah. It's, it, it is cringy. And I'm glad you said it gets worse. Cause yeah, it gets worse next week. But um, the one thing I will say, I feel like as much as I do not like this character and I keep saying that Aisha Tyler's wasted, she gives a role. Like she does a pretty good job yeah. in this character. Like she's not phoning this in. She's not like not suited for the role role. Like 
she kind of plays this well. And like, I, I mean, having, she's a, she's a very funny woman. She's obviously a comedian, mm-hmm. but like the one episode she was in Nip Tuck, she does that really well. She has a lot of emotional content in, in that episode of Nip Tuck. So the dramatic stuff I've seen her in, she's, she's quite good. Although she's a cheating hussy in Friends. She cheats on Ross with Greg Kinnear. Like, come on. Oh, well, it's Greg Kinnear. Yeah, Greg Kinnear Can you blame her? David Schwimmer. Which way are you going there? Oh, that's tough. I, ja- I found out Jamie's a Greg Kinnear girl. She, well, she's, who she's who isn't a Greg Kinnear, Kinnear girl, Colin? Yeah. You're not? What are you trying to say? <laughs> also, by the way, um, quick, well, not really tangent. If you listen to our episode recently of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever review, um, I mentioned about how, oh, Ant-Man, and I finally saw the Ant-Man trailer, by the way. It looks amazing. Um, mm. Bill Murray is in the MCU. <laughs> I've really been living under a rock, but I didn't well, realize Bill Murray's in the MCU. He's been, he's been cancelled, hasn't he? So he's probably yeah. How long's that gonna last? I mean, <laughs> I, I just I, like watching this trailer. Like, wait, was that Bill Murray? <laughs> <laughs> but it looks good. That uh, like they've definitely gone a different direction with Ant Man. But sure. Um. Anyway, I'm just biased. I like Ant Man, but uh. So I don't like Marianne, 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 Aisha, whatever her name is. So she's typing things into a computer. She's calling up this guy that uh, Audrey saw for five seconds and she's all like, oh, get me out of here. And he's all like, no, we're going to send someone over there to kill Jack and Audrey because then if they're not dead, then everyone will know that you're evil and our plan to take over the world will be gone. Um, (laughs) Sarah catches Marianne on a computer. Oh, Edgar told me to open up a socket on subsector station five. He's an interactive CD-ROM. Um, (laughs) and then, um, Edgar discovers that he can help override, uh, things. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, the one little bit I randomly like though, is when Sarah says something to Edgar and she's like, I thought you were doing an interactive CD-ROM on subsection five. And he's like, no, stupid. Uh, to which Sarah goes up to Marianne, you lied to me. I do love kind of Marianne's reaction. Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> I randomly <laughs> like that, like that part alone. But then I don't like the whole, like, I was making a personal call looking at pornography. Pornography. <laughs> I was looking at pornography. <laughs> That's what you should be like. What were you doing? I was looking at the pornography. I was looking at real men pissing on women. Uh <laughs> Does your boyfriend piss on you, Sarah? Is he a real man? <laughs> he should. I think you like it. <laughs> just, but then Sarah's just like, scoffs and rolls. I don't know if they're trying to make a Chloe all of a sudden or something like that, but like... Um, Who's Sarah? Yeah, like, I don't know. Well, see that, And that's part of my Sarah frustration is we got a little bit of that, and I think it was the first or second episode. And here feels like this is the obvious time to be consistent with this character that just becomes... Clear and clear by every episode, they had no clue from one week to the next what they want. They literally hired an actress and said, stand in the background, we'll feed you lines when we write them, you know? Yeah. Because this feels like if you had an idea from the character from the beginning, you make this a thing with her being like the the, the snooty office politician because you kind of set that up and now you dropped it. Yeah, and I agree with that. And again, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike Sarah because again, it's more of a case of there's potential. Bad writing. Yeah, and but like I just I feel sorry for her. Like after next week, you'll understand why I feel sorry for her because it's just so stupid what happens to her. And then again, as I keep saying, when Michelle comes in, lawsuits galore. Sarah is winning a lot of money after the end of the day. She's yeah. getting compensated very well. Um, but yeah, I I think it's just kind of weird how they go. Like, like keep it like Adam. Like at least Adam was 
there and consistent and you kind of forget yeah. about in Zachary Quinto was in it. But, like, I mean, you know, they kind of kept him on a level. Um, and also there, there is a massive plot hole when it comes to Edgar's storyline in a couple of weeks' time because let's, I, I'm going to spoil it in a way. It's not a massive spoiler because he gives a shit about the Edgar's mother storyline of this season. But Edgar's got a mum who lives in a town near a nuclear power plant, all right? He knows that his mum lives near a nuclear power plant. He knows what he's about to do in this episode. Should he not be, like, more, like, worried? Like, this is such a tacked-on storyline in a couple of weeks' time that he's only going to be worried about in a couple of weeks' time. Like, right now, if Jamie worked in, like, freaking buttfuck Manitoba near a power plant and you heard Trudeau on the news going, five of our power plants and the one near Jamie, are you just going to be like, cool, all right, so actually you would. This is a dumb question to ask you. Of course you would. <laughs> You'd be like, I wonder if the kids are with it. I might be single and free again. Most people would be normal and like be like, oh, my loved one's near there. This is going to affect my work. So later on when Edgar's going, my mother just died, spoiler alert. Like, no, Edgar, you had your chance to be upset and worried about her right now. So don't play that card, mate. You suck it up. All right? If oh, you- I thought you were direct. I thought you were legitimately getting angry at me. I didn't do Never. anything there. <laughs> Never. You're a real man. You piss on your women. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um... But speaking of Edgar, so Edgar's like, oh, look at this. I found a way around this. I think I got it. But if I don't do this correctly, all the nuclear plants in the world will blow up. So basically he's found some way to beat the override that has like a percentage chance of stopping it. But if he fucks it up, it doesn't. So then Curtis is like, you've discovered something good. You must go present <laughs> to Aaron. And I, I do love uh, Edgar here. You know, it's kind of like, oh, this is a bad idea. I've got low blood sugar. I may faint. Like, <laughs> I kind of like Edgar when they do. Now like, that's a consistent character. Yeah. I do like the geeky sort of losery Edgar that they do. But lo and behold, Aaron and secretary are having another meeting. So <laughs> good on them. They had one like 10 minutes ago. Couldn't they have just dismissed the non-important staff and gone like, we've all been in meetings where it's like, okay, we've got a meeting. All right, now everyone piss off. The managers are going to have real talk. Like, like we've been there. So why couldn't they just do that? Anyway, so he's gone in goes, guys, this is what's going to happen. And then I love the secretary. Like when, when Curtis is doing all the technical mumbo jumbo and he's just like, I don't understand a word that you're saying. Just tell me if you think you can make this week. Now, Secretary Heller, real man, pisses on his women. He gets straight to the point. That's how he got to the top of the top of the pile. And I'm just wanna oh, He even takes a dump on his. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Colin, there's a line there. Uh, I was about to say, and just to be 2022, to be politically correct, women can also piss on men. Just saying. Uh, real women piss on men. And real men piss on men and real women piss on women. And then real other genders who just, I don't know, they piss on other genders too. Like there's well, lots to do. What we're getting at is it'll all, it'll all be a better world when we get rid of toilets, okay? That's all we're saying. <laughs> we would save a lot of money. You'd have an extra room in the house and all the fish in the sea would survive because we'd save water. So, and then- and imagine how warm we'd all be. Little, little, uh, what was Funko Frank? Remember Funko Frank uh, in Africa? <laughs> Remember, we talked about him on 007, download now. Funko Frank would have water in Africa because we would be not flushing toilets and we would be able to give water to, like, these third world countries who need water all by pissing on your significant other. (laughs) It's that simple. So next time you're pissing, think about children in Africa. That's all I'm saying. That's that's And pleasing your woman. (laughs) Or men. Or other significant genders of whichever you identify with then you, you are allowed to be pissed on, piss on with consent. Or, I don't want any of this, like, unconsensual pissing. 
that's wrong. But because the only people you avoid are the kids in Africa because they're getting the water. Don't piss on the kids in Africa. <laughs> like I don't want let to, them have their water. <laughs> like the kids in Africa need their water, so you piss. Like if, if you're in a in a Western country with money, right? <laughs> piss on people. Okay. If you're in like a third world country, like in Africa or I don't know, England, that's probably a third world country now. They lost the World Cup. Suck it. Don't piss on people. Okay. You need the water from the Western countries that they're saving to drink. And then you get what I'm saying. The Canadians, piss on people. We're we're with you, Ben. Australians, piss on people. America, piss on people all the time with consent. All right. With consent. All right, now that we'll clarify that up, um, Edgar's got... I'm so glad that we've cleared this up for everybody. <laughs> everybody other was confused. Edgar Skyle's going to stop the nuclear reactors. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like that line when it's like, Mr. Secretary, if I say I can do it, I can do it. There's a T-shirt. I want Edgar Skyle's yeah. face. If I say I can do it, I can do it. <laughs> um, what else happens in CTU? Is that it? Um, There's a really bad one-liner at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, right. So the, the CTU goes AWOL for a little bit because then Edgar's like, dilly, 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 I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. I need more time. No, Sarah, don't do this. Dilly, 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 dilly. And all of a sudden, I think we've got it. Everyone, yay. Oh, clap, 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 clap. Yay, Edgar's <laughs> a day. Woohoo! And then all of a sudden, it's like, why are five of them not responding? Oh, no, the terrorists have a secret super software that's preventing this. Oh, we're all going to die. And then, no, actually, hang on. That's not what they say. I wish I would say that because, like, what does that mean? <laughs> the secretary, this is the cliffhanger of the The cliffhanger of this episode should be Tony showing up. That's yeah. what it should be. Tony showing up. Did, 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 boom. Epic ending. Not Secretary Heller basically turning to the camera. Days of our lifestyle. We're on the verge of a nuclear holocaust. So I had to write down this line because it was it was going to be my backup quote. Um, Either he finds the people with the override or we're looking at a nuclear holocaust. (laughs) Literally looking at the camera like you said. (laughs) It's just, oh, it's so cheesy. Um, But like, again, how do you, you can have that, like, what makes it dramatic is like the underlying tone of it, like the score and like, you know, they've deliberately done this as the closing moment. You could like scale back the music a little bit, make it as tense and then just cut straight to like Jack in the shed. Oh, well, I'm out. I'm out. And Jack's about to pistol whip somebody. And then pew, pew, pew. Tony comes in. Dun, 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 um, Crystal method, by the way, did a version of the 24 theme on one of their um, CDs. Just, yeah, it's really good. I'll have to send it to you. But, um, yeah, I like it's it's such a cheesy, chitty way to end the episode. Um, the CTU stuff. I've I feel like we've gone thirty minutes in this episode talking about pissing <laughs> on people and CTU. We haven't <laughs> even gotten to the good stuff yet. Um, I, I they also have on one of Marianne's phone calls, which by the way, the fact that everybody calls everybody in the season is actually something I'm starting to have an issue with because this is supposed to be some massive terrorist network. And yet they all have each other's numbers and they all know what everybody's doing. Like, I feel like there should be a little bit more of a chain of command. Like Marwan has no control. Everybody's talking about Marwan, yeah. but like Aisha Tyler's calling uh, Navi Araz. Navi's calling Tariq. Tariq's calling Omar. Omar's calling Paula still. Somehow she still got her number activated. Like everybody in this terrorist organization is calling each other directly. And I I feel like it's, there should be one or two people that there's like a middleman. And, he, and the fact that she's calling Mr. 
uh, Audrey spies him up across the room and she recognizes him six months later. Like, I don't know if everybody should be calling everybody here. Like, let's have one character that acts as like the, let's have that be Navi's role. He is the guy. He's the, he's the, the phone courier. He's the guy you go to, to get a message to Which, somebody else. The inconsistencies of this season as well. Cause later on, we're going to have this in the, Oh, we just picked up a phone signal and we had it already in this season with what's his face. He sacrificed himself. We just got to ping off a mobile tower. And this is a phone call we heard. Like why can they listen to some phone calls? Like all of a sudden we hear like, cause I think it's later in this season when you get the, oh, we put a flag out for these words in phone calls and we heard it, so here it is. Like, surely they've got, like, something here where they've got, like, a flag of CTU, mole. Like, I mean, like, that's just a common <laughs> thing that they should have. Like, again, the inconsistencies of technology in this show is baffling. But, I mean, Marianne's basically given her one smart directive here, which is, uh, you know, what you you we need you to divert attention to somebody else, which wonder if that's going to pay off next week. Mm. Um yeah, the, did I miss Aaron and a daughter? Oh, fuck it, Aaron's daughter. Sick. You know, they get Aaron's daughter. Yeah, yeah, she has it. an allergic reaction. Which I, I will say, that's a really good scene with um, uh, Sarah coming up to her. Not in Sarah's. I mean, it's just Sarah coming up. But the fact that Driscoll's daughter is basically flatlining and she still has to do her oh, yeah. job. Total props to Alberta Watson. I was going to say that. I, I wanted. I wanted to say that. Like in all seriousness, as much as I hate this storyline and like it's just dumb. Alberta mm-hmm. Watson nails it. Holy fuck. And even yeah. Sarah here, like this whole scene when the way like Alberta was like, is there anything else? Like, it's just, yeah, I wish this is a storyline I cared about. And I cared about Aaron because like, it's, yeah, exactly. it's amazing acting. Um, but uh, it, this episode's almost saved by Edgar's uh, computer hacking to shut down all the things, but it's, it's given no buildup. <laughs> it's a Unix system <laughs> hacking here. <laughs> Early the door lock. Early the door lock. (laughs) Phones, doors, locks. We got everything. (laughs) They're coming through the glass. glass. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's almost safe. But like, there's no buildup. Like, I feel like this is the early days of season one, and even some of season two, where they still felt that obligation to not serialize the show so much. Because to me, this is the exact same thing they did a couple weeks ago with okay, we're going to go into Omar's base, but we got the the bombers that are on their way. And are we going to call off the bombers? Or do we still send them in? We can't have this trial taking place in front of the whole country. This is the same dilemma. Edgar's basically saying, listen, I can, pro- I can probably shut them all down, but there's a chance a couple of them I won't be able to shut down. All right, now we're basically making decisions spur of the moment. Yes, we're sacrificing potentially tens of thousands of people to save millions of people. Like, all right, do it. You know, <laughs> that, is that quick decision. And this should be built up throughout the entire episode. There should be more drama around it. There should be people saying, I can't believe it. Edgar getting nervous. I'm about to potentially kill tens of thousands of people. And he knows this. And, and it is kind of a, a cool moment for Edgar where he's proposing this and saying, this is the only way I could see us doing it. And we have to make a decision now. When he's doing all the hacking and everything and he's yelling at Sarah, like it's great seeing Edgar take control and all that. Um, it makes Sarah look even more inept. Like I literally don't know what her purpose is in the show. Uh, but then when it all comes down to, oh, but there's six that we didn't disarm. They're still going nuclear. It's going to be a nuclear holocaust. Dun, dun, dun. Um, it strips all that drama out of it because you have this terrible cheesy moment right at the point where you're gaining some traction. Like, I wish that they had stretched this out over two episodes, stretched it over one episode. Don't introduce this in the last 15 minutes and then expect for it to really pay off. Yeah, because, I mean, if there is a negative over twenty uh, season four, like having the different 
like the not one overriding theme, it is yeah. that sometimes they do feel a bit rushed. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we went from, oh, we've got a, there's an attack coming. Oh, a train. Oh, the, they've been kidnapped. Oh, there's an override. Oh, now there's this. And the, I mean, in all fairness, in a few weeks, this is forgotten about. So. Well, and the other thing that's frustrating is that like this is, you have to have these episodes in there where you're, you're building new story, right? Um, when you have an episode like this, you can accept it. But the fact is next week's kind of the same type of episode. It's like, oh, we're, we're, we're holding off. We're building towards something, but it's not like you're immediately jumping into another big action episode or anything like that. Like it's the fact that you have this rush to get this done this week. Whereas if you had held off and you had made this the climax the next week after introducing it this week, and maybe why is the president not being consulted on the fact that they know for a fact we're probably about to kill tens of thousands of people. They don't even pick up the phone. He's very, well, he did in the beginning of next week, isn't he? And then he's already delivering an address to the nation. I mean, it fucking took Palmer how long to address the nation that there could be a nuclear bomb going off. Fucking kill is on to it straight away. Like, guys, we're fucked. Like, yeah. fuck, we're, we're evacuation. <laughs> guys, get the fuck out of there. Whereas Palmer, <laughs> I'm locking up a journalist and I'm getting Sherry in. Uh, <laughs> that's basically what Palmer's doing. Wing. Tell you now, Keeler, better president than Palmer. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Those Republicans get shit done. Uh, <laughs> shit. They piss on their women. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> it's the evidence right there. I'm not I'm not a Trump supporter in the slightest, but I mean, fucking oath, he pissed on people. Republicans, you know? Ronald Just Reagan. Look at how he got that wall built. Ronald Reagan. Now that man pissed all over Nancy. Like, whew, oh. she, she liked a good golden shower. <laughs> little hussy uh, <laughs> who have I pissed off this episode women men Democrats Nancy Reagan oh hang on there it is I'm achieving peak life I finally pissed off Nancy Reagan Oh, don't forget the British <laughs> thousand episodes of this show it took but finally Nancy Reagan has literally been pissed off uh, and Who, who's on. next on our list here? Betty Ford. Don't get me Barbara started. Barbara Bush. <laughs> Bush. Uh, <laughs> seriously, their name is Bush. Why is that not laughed about more? Um, it's a it's a reference to pubic hair, Colin. Um, just oh, now I get it. Just, just to let you know, are we done with CTU? Yes, please. Why have we taken so long on that? All right. Um, I guess we've only really got the Aras and. The Jack, Jack stuff. Uh, I mean, the Jack stuff's kind of quick, even though like, I'm going to tell you the RR stuff yeah. last. So Jack basically is in a car with Audrey. They have a nice little holdy hand moment. I like that little moment. It's kind of cute. Um, and then Paul rings up. Oh, I realize I've been treating you like a child. I'm going to stop. Like, what? So, like, when you're fucking your wife, are you thinking this is like a child? There's a good little girl. Have a lollipop. Like, I mean, what? Like, and the the weird the one thing I have a complaint about this though is it's like, why does Audrey all of a sudden go along with this? Why is Audrey all of a sudden like, you know what? You're right. Let's talk about this when I get back. Like she's holding Jack's hand and probably giving him a bit of a quickie under the table. Like, like, I, I, like I don't get why Audrey all of a sudden is just like, yes, Paul, I agree. But but I think again it's that thing where where you could tell these characters still feel for each other. You oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. They're not like it's not a thing about being in love with him anymore. Like when he's like, I just want you to promise that you'll at least take some time to think about it. She's like, okay, I promise. And the way that Jack gives that look to her, like, what did she just promise? Like, what was this? But I, th- I think my issue is that, like, going back to your point about how this nuclear reactor stuff is all of a sudden like 
drag it out a bit longer. I think this, like, mm. she's literally had a conversation with him 20 minutes ago, if that, saying, like, no, you've taken eight fucking months, mate. Like, now it's it's Audrey yeah. time. I'm getting a real man with a real dong. Like, 20 <laughs> minutes later, oh, you're right. You were treating me like a child. Well, your dong might be smaller, but you might treat me like an adult. So that could be a positive here. Well, but I'm also not saying that this is the way I think it is, but, like, is this maybe meant to potentially be she's simply saying what Paul wants to hear to get him off the phone to get on with her life. True. But like, I, I think she kind of, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel it's a bit soon, but anyway. Um, so they go to this um, Falcon security, whatever it's called. And we meet, I love this random guy here. G'day, I'm Jimmy or whatever it is. And they're like, like I, I, so the reason they're going there to look at this file, because it, it's such a big, video file that they can't transfer it over their dial-up 2005 internet, which... Wow, wait till next week. Within 10 minutes of them discovering, like, however long a footage, they can just put it on a USB stick. Like, and I'm sorry, like, nowadays we can get, like, 128 gig US... We might even be able to get terabyte, like, little thumb drives I'm talking about here, not, Mm. like, the bigger ones. But back then, I think they were barely bigger than a floppy disk. I think they were, like, (laughs) 10 megabytes, weren't they? Like, I can't even remember 2005 USB sticks. Maybe a gigabyte, at best. If this video file is so big they can't put it over, how can they, like, all she literally was was like, no, this is too early, give it to 9.15. So she sees a blurry head, and then when they're back at Tony's house next week, they've got fucking, like, 18 different angles on this tiny thumb drive. Like, Good thing he has a computer that can compute the 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 raw power of this massive video size. But, but I love this guy. I don't even know this guy's name. But so when Jack's like, suspicious Jack, got a nose for these things, he's looking at security, and he's like, isn't there a security guard? I love this guy. Oh, that's just Mitchell. He's out Mitchell. having a smoke. Wasn't it in Bond, Mitchell? Not Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is I was thinking like, Mitchell's like the Ed of, <laughs> of what is this, uh, Falstead Industries. <laughs> oh, it's Mitchell again. What? Don't worry about it. He's always slacking off. I just like, I want there to be another editor of this one where like Jack looks at the camera because like straight away he looks like outside where you'd go off and have a smoke and Mitchell's not there. So this is where it's like, oh no, we're being, we're under attack. I just want Jack to look at the screen. There's Mitchell puffing away. And then Jack goes, you know, they kill you, you know. (laughs) I've been trying to tell Mitchell that for years, but he's stuck in the 50s. He doesn't believe it. He thinks he's cool. But but here's my my bigger problem with this. This is a private security firm. That's what they do. Or is this a tech firm? Like what what exactly is false? Because there's the McLennan, Forster, and there's Falstead. One's a security company. Which If this is the security company and their security is they leave their security desk unmanned, they're and it's the, a normal thing. They're the security because Falstead's the um uh, sorry, McLennan's the the contractor, like which Yeah. That's when we get really the shit hit the fan in a couple of weeks. But um no, these they're a security firm, which you're right. Like so like <laughs> And like, what was like? I love the elaborate details. Twenty four and CTU, have, uh, the writers have gone for this show that they've got this like elaborate ball which they've got security footage of. So did like Joel and all that had to go out and film like a massive ballroom of people. Go, guys, we need three hundred people in a room to film yeah. five seconds of footage, <laughs> or is this just like footage of a real function? Like, this is the Oscars or something like that. This is yeah, the Golden Globes. <laughs> Kim Raver just happened to be at. Um, but like, I mean, I do like the elaborate nature they've gone to that. But again, like, I love Audrey, but come on, like, I mean, I I had my work function the other day. I met a people I didn't know. Like, if right now there was a terrorist on that boat who held me hostage, and all of a sudden, like, hey, that was Jenkins in accounting that I saw for three <laughs> seconds the other day on the boat. 
Like, I'm not going to fucking remember. Mind you, I'm well, dumb. This guy made an impression some other way. Like, when she's looking at video footage, she's like, can you pan down and zoom in, please? He pissed on her. He pissed yeah. all over her. <laughs> Audrey, pleased to meet you. Um, but, yeah, so basically, because Marianne's told their location, they get under attack, and this guy's, and I love this guy getting shot. How do I get it? <laughs> Video. Do you have? Do you have a stick? Do you have a stick? <laughs> Pocket. <laughs> there is another Skywalker. <laughs> They're still good at him, Luke. Leia. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like she's just ben, lost. <laughs> dig a ball. Dig a ball. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I love this guy. He's my new favorite. And hey, Mitchell. <laughs> We're gonna eulogize Mitchell. Smoking kills, <laughs> filthy habit. Uh, <laughs> so they get into a shootout here as they're trying to escape the building. And what I fucking love about this, like on many levels, is Audrey, like this is a woman who a woman who's just like literally been like held hostage, probably never seen combat in her life. Cause like she has that great line next week when she's like, Oh, I'm kind of getting yeah. used to this. Yeah. Um But like, you know, we saw Secretary Heller going around the hall shooting people. We saw Audrey stab what's his face in the leg. Jack doesn't even, like, hesitate. Jack's just like, here you go, Audrey, have a gun. Like, you know, fire this way and I'll go this way. And Audrey's just fucking going, pew, 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 I'm out. Like, like <laughs> fucking badass Audrey. I love her. She's so good. Um, Why but- don't you give me a man's gun next time, Jack? Oh, Jesus. I, I, I'd take it back. I think Audrey's pissing all over Jack in this episode. Um <laughs> So they take it in turns. They're versatile. Uh, so they both run out of bullets. They're oh, Sorry, Jack's like... Jack, on the way through this, he's called someone. He's like, call CTU. No, CTU's been compromised. Who are you going to call? The only person I can trust. <laughs> now, like, There's only one man who can help me. Now, I remember when I first watched this, I maybe thought it was Chloe because, like, you know, we just lost yeah. Chloe. Like, but Because I, I don't even think I knew that Tony was coming back. I, I can't remember. I think I knew Michelle and Palmer were coming back this season, but I can't remember if I knew Tony was coming back or not. But, like, I mean, in hindsight, it's so obvious now watching this scene, the only man I can mm-hmm. trust. And he comes, Ch- Chase, that would have been cool. I would have been equally <laughs> yeah. as happy if Chase had to come through. One arm, old stumpy McChase Chase coming through. <laughs> My good hand, Jack. <laughs> Milo. <laughs> no, it's, um. oh, God, the remember in season two, the guy in the van who we liked, who we tried to get on the show, the driver? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> no, it's the stupid doctor guy from season one, Terry's Amnesia. Who are you? <laughs> um, it's Melanie. <laughs> um, it's Rick. Rick and Dan. Rick. <laughs> He's finally back. That's Kim. Kim. Kim's used to killing people. It's a cougar. cougar. Somehow Jan- Janet survived and Janet comes in with a gun. <laughs> Janet. I just want a cougar coming in with an AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> That's a looking after my daughter. High five. You're the best. The best. They <laughs> freeze frame jump. <laughs> oh, so many. I wish we had like helpers on this show. All the t-shirts would be making this episode. But um, so Jack's called up somebody you can trust, and then they're about to all get die. Oh no, Jack Bauer's is going to die. He's going to die. I love how he's ready to pistol whip this guy. Like such a Jack Bauer move. And then all of a sudden, pew, 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 bang, dun, 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 dun. Tony! 
Um, oh, it's so good. I love the theme that they play with him. Like, I love they literally mm-hmm. do a score, like the 24 score underneath him. I don't even think. And the zoom in. Oh, I don't even think Jack gets the 24 theme played on a hero mm-hmm. moment like that. So, like, Tony might be the only one who gets a full on hero 24 theme moment. It's amazing. This is, I'm saying this right now. This is why I'm buying this episode. I just love this moment so fucking much. And this should be the cliffhanger. This should be the ending. Tony yeah. shows up, bang, bang, dead. Dit, 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 dit. Like, it's so goddamn good. And Audrey being a badass, I love it. Yeah, like, I, this one, more, I'm not going to disagree with any of you said. This moment is incredible, but it's not enough to save this episode because there's other things here that bother me, even in the shoot. First of all, the whole shootout just feels so random. And again, maybe it's part of that rushing because even with them de- decoding this file or whatever, um, it, it's like, okay, we need to you know, get the file and we need to uh, look at the video. And no, now we got to clean up the video. Like it, it all happens within about 30 seconds. And there's ways to stretch this out and not have this episode be they spend half the time in a car. Um, I also want people to remember for when we get to next week, between when Jack places the call to the only man who can help me and when that door opens and we get that epic Tony moment, it's about four minutes. Now, let's just mm. remember that when we see how long it takes for Tony to drive back home after this episode. I, I was trying to work this out now that you said that. I should keep talking because I, I, yeah, I'm going to see. You're going to go back and. I'm just going to see if there's a, a time. Because I was thinking that when I was watching next episode too. But I, I feel as though they actually have. Because so Jack here, he's on the phone. Well, this is ma- before the shootout, I think. Well, one, the shootout started before they leave that room. One forty-nine. So like they literally go to a commercial break when he's on the phone. So one forty-nine, and then Tony shows up. Uh, going back, going back here. Uh, so Tony shows up and we're getting the split screen here. What is the time? This is great recording. Uh, <laughs> what is the time? I don't know. There's like two minutes ago. So eight minutes. We'll give it. Give or take so, eight minutes. And I did check next week. It's double that. So traffic? he's going twice the speed limit. Not, not well. Yeah. <laughs> all, that, gas? Two p.m. The two p.m. traffic really hit him hard. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, he's also minutes. in that Let's eight minutes. You are you are correct. I'm seeing here two sixteen. He, he pulls yeah. up in his little blue whatever the fuck that is outside his house. Yep. Okay. But again, I can forgive that because it's television. You want you don't want to think too much about who's going to show up. But, but in this I'm, look, I'm not trying to defend because like, I mean, literally Paul flew from DC to LA in like five minutes. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. I guess the difference. He would, was on that plane. That's how Tony got there. He took Paul's plane to get to Foul State Industries. The riders could easily turn around and be like, oh, he was around the corner getting milk or he sped yeah. from like, whereas when they're driving back to Tony's place, they're doing the speed limit. Like, I don't know. Like the riders could he easily explain that. He, Picking through the dumpsters at Falset Industries. Uh, <laughs> He's buying alcohol at the, the liquor store next door. Stealing <laughs> copper wire from their wire so, yard. So that literal, that literal phone call, Jack, uh, Tony, it's Jack. Yes. Hi. Uh, look, bit of a situation here. Do you still buy your beer from that uh, store on 77th and 3rd? You were actually getting shot at 77th and 4th. Do you mind coming around and just shooting some people for us? Thanks. All right. Good. Glad you're getting your alcohol today. Love to Michelle. Oh, wait, left you. Awkward. Bye. Tony was out back with Mitchell when yeah. the call came in. <laughs> Tony was on Mitchell's shift beforehand. Yeah, Tony, yeah. you still working at Falstead? Your shift well, ends at like two, doesn't it? And you Tony leave is early. Mitchell. He <laughs> is Mitchell. He couldn't get up. We found out he couldn't even get a job. So I'm going to be Mitchell from now on. Yeah. I just got a security job. <laughs> oh, that's Mitchell. He's just getting a shot. Oh, Mitchell, Tony. God damn it. He's out and having a drink outside exit seven. <laughs> Um, but uh, there's other really dumb stuff like, oh, 
I, I never want to knock the stunt work in this, but let's just say they, they have the most elaborate stunt ever. They're one of the guys Jack shoots in the garage. He shoots him. The man's body lifts off the ground about four or five feet and flies through the air from a gunshot. Like it just look, <laughs> it looks like something you should see in an Austin Powers movie. Like even this, this shootout, I'm not quite into So no, I mean, there's one or two decent moments in here, including one thing I do want to say is the, 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 the guy, I don't know. Can we give him a name? Mr. Not Mitchell who dies on the floor, choking on his own blood. Liam. Um, Let's call Liam. Yeah, well, Liam's death here. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 and it's also just Jack. You know, Jack, we're, we're, we're not getting Jack. This is why I really dislike Jack going full Jack mode a couple of weeks ago. Because there's still moments like this where Jack is civilian Jack still. He's like, listen, I'm going to get you the help. But this is really important. What do we need to do to get the file? And he's like, zip drives, <laughs> USB. Uh, take a bus. And, like, <laughs> take a bus. Yeah. Uh, Jack having that sympathy, which we wouldn't get in another season. We got a little bit of that with Ronnie uh, at the beginning of the season too. So um, that that's a nice moment, but no, I'm not, I'm not, this shootout comes out of nowhere. You get guys flying across the room from a gunshot. Tony's moment though, it, it almost is enough to save it. I will correct myself. His name is Gary. Of course his name is Gary. <laughs> he looks like he's Gary. Such a Gary. <laughs> oh, Gary. Played by Lawrence Monosson, the esteemed Lawrence Monosson, who's also appeared in Starship Troopers 2, Hero of the Federation. Um, oh. Apparently was in ER, JAG, Chicago Hope, all the CSIs. <laughs> no law and orders. No, but all the CSIs apparently. Oh, he'd have to be in a Law and Order, surely. If I click on his IMDb, if he's not in a Law and Order, I don't know what to tell you about Gary. He looks a lot different now when you look at him in this picture here. He's got him. He's not in a Law and Order. Come on, Lawrence. Jesus, get better acting gigs. Um. Anyway, rest in peace, Gary. Um. So <laughs> and Mitchell. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I still am on board with this. Audrey. Badass Tony coming in, couple of flailing blo- bloodies here and there, and Gary. Like I- I'm, I'm all good with that. Um, so the arrest stuff. I mean, this is epic. So basically, uh, Baru's obviously killed. Uh, what's his face last week? So he's on the run. Um, and uh, so we've got Dina. She's basically waiting around. What are you going to do to our son? Uh, and then just this epic scene between Dina and Navi, where basically. They're going to so – Bruce calls up and is all like, Mom, Mom, Dad tried to kill me. And she's all like, no, that couldn't be possible. I'll come help you. And then um, Navi's overheard of it, who was on the phone, and we just get this epic scene between the two of them when he's, like, grabbing a hold of her and she's slapping him, he's slapping her, slapping her. They don't piss on people in this house. They slap people like real people should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> slap and piss, you're a real person. <laughs> but um, turkey slap and piss. <laughs> um, <laughs> I made I made Colin drink, swallow his – spit out his water. I Good forgot God. I was – I, I was thinking about that earlier this week and I completely forgot the phrase. So the second you said that, it all came flashing back to me. <laughs> but just this is such an epic moment where it's like, we're going to fix this, you know, we're going to do this and we need to go out and kill Baruj, you know what's happening here. And just, oh, epic, such an amazing sequence. Um, and then basically she's going to go off and meet Baruj. Uh, Navi's going to come along with them uh, and yeah, what basically shadow them. 
um, so that he's going to end up uh, killing Beru's. They have to do it because what does he say? Like, we know that we're all bigger than this day. We're all expendable, which I like. Um, we meet Imhotep for the first time, Marwan. We get the phone call. Uh, I do love their phones. How they got like that big green dongle on the bottom to like you know prevent. There's like a silencer for the phone. But um, gotta say, I, I again, I remember watching this for the first time, and I'm like, oh, that's is that Imhotep. And like, if people don't know, I guess what we're talking about, um, because you know it's what 20 years, the mummy, not really a bigger deal as it was then. And Arnold Voslu hasn't really done a lot since this. Has he? No, not really. So, uh, well, he did, he did. I mean, the GI Joe movies. Okay. He, people don't really fondly remember those, but he was in both of them. He, I mean, he was a big deal at this period of of Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm I'm not even going to try and make a joke out of this. I'm not going to do a Rene Russo here, but like, who, like, give me somebody right now who's sort of like been a villain in a movie recently, who kind of is sort of a couple of years off being a prominent, like a Marvel villain or a DC villain, like. The, Mark Strong, sure. Sam. Yeah, exactly. Like, imagine him all of a yeah. sudden showing up here, like being a villain. You I know, mean, it's really. I go. I go further because with the Mummy movies, I mean, it wasn't at the level of like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, but like the Mummy was about as big as you. It, it would be like the Hunger Games movies. Like those movies were so big. Yeah, and he was the villain in the first two of them. Yeah, he was in uh, Agent Cody Banks and Agent Cody <laughs> Banks. Uh, Two? No. Was there a two? No, he was just in the first one. He was in Blood Diamond, Shark Killer. He was in Bones. There you go, Crystal Method. But, like, he was a big deal back then. Um, yeah. Not to say he's not now, but he's just his celebrities waned a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. so I remember seeing this for the first time going, like, holy crap, like, Arnold Vosloo here. He's Imhotep with hair. don't know how I feel about him with hair. But uh, is it hair, though? Is that just sprayed on? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hair. It's <laughs> got real hair. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so this is Marwan, and this is this is a uniqueness of twenty four. This is episode seven, and we are meeting the big villain. This is not a twenty four case of oh, he's the next middleman. Uh, he was the second middleman. <laughs> you're quick, you're agile, hop in. Um, <laughs> cool runnings quotes as well. Look at this guy. But um, this is it. This he's the big bad of this season, and this would be the earliest we meet a big bad. I mean, technically, next season you meet the big bad in this season, um, but. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, this is kind of a very mm. unique 24 thing that we're meeting the big bad at this point. Um, so, yeah, he's just getting an update, basically. Hi, Marlon. <laughs> Lol. Sorry, got to kill my own son. So, I uh, might be a bit delayed to that whole terror summit we've got in two hours. Um, so, they're off and going. Uh, Dina meets Baruz. Uh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then she's basically like, get on the train. I love one of my favorite lines. is like, your father is watching. He's over there with the people. And I just love this line when it starts to shit. Like, yeah, this is almost soap opery, but I fucking love it. You hear this, obey me. And then, pew, 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 pew. And then she's like, ah, she's almost like Jack from like season one when he's getting tasered with Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. In the her, <laughs> her, her post shot scream is amazing. It's so like over the top and cheesy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I just love the line, which is like, oh, baby. <laughs> she's so good. Academy Award nominee. We'll meet again, Navi. <laughs> I should mention we uh, do get a scene with Navi and Imhotep as well. I, like, Arnavazo, I love this, like, sequence when, like, kind of he walks in and they're just sitting around having, like, a smoke and whatever, Mitchelling it up. And then I just kind of like the way he's on his laptop and he just kind of, like, gives him a nod as if to say, like, oh, take a seat. Come on, explain to me why you've been a little mm-hmm. bitch, mate. Like, come on. 
Uh, <laughs> Very Godfather like. I know it's great, um, but yeah, the shootout. They're driving along fast, and um, poor old. Dean has been shot, which is going to lead into a few more weeks worth of stuff here. But look, I feel like I've really gelled over this considering that this is uh, equal best of the episode. And again, this is where like I'm going to buy this episode because two out of the three storylines are good. And I like, I fucking love this Arras stuff. It's amazing. The acting is great. It's, it's very telenovela-y in a way, but it's just like that scene between Dina and Navi when they're fighting with each other. Yeah. How are these two not given guest Emmy, uh, you know, nods? Mm-hmm. Like so fucking good. Even uh, Alberta Watson props her. So, yeah. I mean, as much as this episode, I can see why there are some problems and I can see where you're probably going with this. There is an episode in this season, I, and it's not even one of the ones in the next couple of weeks when I'm saying they're really bad. It comes out of nowhere. I can't remember what episode it is. It is maybe the worst acting. Even Kiefer phones it in. It's it's terrible. I'm looking here. I think it's episode 18 of this season. It's just the dialogue's terrible. Like, just Kiefer just can't even pull it off. Like, there's just stuff going on there where you, everybody is terrible. This in an episode where maybe it's not the best, like, the acting is just second to none. It is so goddamn good. And the action, like, I, this chase sequence, they'll be me like it's so good and fucking imateps in here. Like I'm on board. Uh, with, uh, with Arnold Vosler, like I don't think I knew he was going to be part of the show or if, if I did, nobody knew what his role would be. And we keep hearing this name Marwan. Um, what's so interesting to me, especially knowing that he will, I guess of all 24 villains, even in future seasons, he's going to, probably be the longest running villain because we get to introduce him so early and he's well, there till the end technically is there another one logan technically but like oh yeah yeah but but as far as like from being revealed <laughs> as the villain yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. we're not even a third of the way through the season here and we know this we already know this is the big bad um and it's such a brief appearance too like they, they don't really make it oh this is the guy you keep hearing about and now like the way that dennis hopper was in the first season yeah um or uh uh, and you didn't uh, know Dennis Saunders Hopper. Obviously, you didn't know that he was even alive. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. And even Saunders last season, like there's so much of a buildup. So when you see him, they really give him that presence. With, with this, they almost want you to forget him. And what I found really interesting about it is not just the way they present the character where the, he's had such a massive buildup. And then they're like, well, we're going to give you a couple glimpses of him. And like you said, he's just all cool. He's sitting in the back of his restaurant and all that. It's the fact that his base is the back of a restaurant. This massive terrace, you know, the the new bin Laden is what they're basically making out to be. And he's like, you know, some second rate gangster. He's, he's operating in some back room of this legit business. It's totally not what you would expect. Um, and, and Arnold Boswell, I mean, he, he's an amazing actor and I do kind of wish that he would get more like I, um, I recently rewatched the GI Joe movies and I kind of wish they did more with him in those two. Cause I mean, his character in those movies is the guy who can disguise himself. So he kind of just pops up every once in a while. And then you're like, Oh, he's disguised. By the way, Jonathan price and Arnold Vosloo play each other in the, that movie because he disguised himself as Jonathan price. So Imhotep and Elliot Carver as one person, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That sounds like the most sexually hot thing ever. <laughs> well, speaking of sexually hot, I mean, I, I, I will have to mention this because uh, Jamie probably would insist on me mentioning it. Uh, outside of Keanu Reeves, Arnold Vosloo was like the guy that made Jamie hit puberty. Uh, she, she, wow. anytime we watched the mummy, anytime we watch, 
GI Joe or he, he was an alias uh, 24. I, I basically showed her. I'm like, look who it is. And she always reminds me, which I won't go into details, but she reminds me of how she basically hit puberty watching her. Is that any surprise that Jamie's watching a very handsome buffed up guy for two hours in a loincloth, two consecutive movies in a loincloth. And the Jamie's like, Oh, that, there we go. I, mean, I just hit puberty. It's a very attractive movie. The mummy series. You think about it. You've got Brendan, obviously you got Arnold. Oh yeah. You've got, is it Daryl Hannah? The uh, John Hanna, John Hanna, the other Hanna, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Um, Ed Fair, the Art of Bay. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, I, I mean, let's, I just want to bring up a person we haven't talked about in a while. Trent Queen. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, like we used to watch them all together and he like would all the, you know, is it the mummy returns when you've got Imhotep having that, um, the really hot, the woman that he gets all crazy about. And then you got Rachel Weiss having a fight with the hot. Yeah. That's Egyptian woman. Returns, yeah. Yeah. So like he would, we would watch that scene religiously. Uh, so he, he hit puberty, even though he's gay. Um, I guess he wasn't out back then. <laughs> Was he watching Arnold Vosloo? <laughs> Maybe he was because he would, we would always be watching the Rachel Weiss and hot Egyptian woman scene and going like, Oh, this is, this is good. I think, was he just put on a show? Cause He's, yeah. Anyway, well, the thing look at the light glistening off of their heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look! This is a scene where their legs are slightly spread. Let's pause it. This is what you want to see, right? Um, but I, I need to rewatch it. I've never seen the third one, so um, it's not bad. It, okay. It's not the first two, but it's actually not bad. Kind of like the Oz Network. Um, it's not. It's not Rob has a podcast, but it's not bad. Yeah. It's it's not Double Oz Seven. It's not off the podium, yeah. but it's it's okay. <laughs> Definitely not. Spectre, we have, we have to, we are the mummy three of Ben's podcast. That's what we are. <laughs> and then Max Dawson is the Tom Cruise mummy of podcast. <laughs> Which I will defend the Tom Cruise. Mummy. Oh, no, I don't uh, defend not Max, Max Dawson. Not, not Max Dawson. though. Got to keep that quite up. But uh, yeah, I love just the scenes between Arnold Basel and Nestor Serrano too. Um, and uh, yeah, for the Arras stuff, I mean, that's to me the most exciting part of the episode is the the moment with the gunshot. Like even just Casey and Remy the way- too. <laughs> 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 Terrified right now. <laughs> or Jamie just put on the mummy. <laughs> that's not that's not Remy Casey. That's Jamie up there. <laughs> wow, Arnold! Wow, bald head. <laughs> What about when he turns? When he, well, you know why? When he turns into like the actual mummy and his mouth opens up really wide, she's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Saw that goo and disgusting decaying the flesh. Scarabs come it. crawling over and eating and <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, it's a pretty freaky movie too. The mummy, isn't it? I remember it being quite like weirdly scary for a yeah. movie. I was twelve when the it mummy came returns. Out, but- not as much for the Mummy Returns, but the first one, well, yeah, there's definitely like some ooh moments. Mummy Returns is terrifying. Have you seen The Rock in that movie? Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> that's some terrible CGI. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, th- there's two trilogies that I think we both want to cover that we just need an excuse to Rush Hour and The Mummy. Like we, we should just do, we're finally we'll call it we're finally doing it month, and then we'll just <laughs> oh. do The Mummy. <laughs> no, not me and Ben. <laughs> Please no. It's been nearly ten years, Colin. Uh, and Back to the Future. Can we add that on there as well? Oh, Back to the Future, yeah. It's so funny. My friend, um, another friend of mine the other day sent me a thing. It was like a headline of like, Jackie Chan confirms that Rush Hour 4 is happening. And he's oh, like, I saw that. He's yeah. like, oh my God, dude, did you see this? I'm like, that headline has been put out every year for the last 10 years. Like, yeah. I will believe it when I'm sitting in the theater with popcorn seeing the opening credits of Rush Hour 4. <laughs> it has been said for 10. And like, it's at a point now where I love that movie franchise so much. Do I want to see like 80 year old Jackie Chan and like, I mean, Chris Tucker's still looking good, I think. 
Um, but um, yeah. Jackie Chan can do more at his age than Chris Tucker ever could. So, well, Chris Tucker I mean, was- just waiting for $20 million. That's what he gets for. He's like three movies. He does yeah. every 20 <laughs> years. So go on here, Chris Tucker. <laughs> I love that man. Can we do Chris Tucker, man? I just, you should have done that. And Jackie said, good on you, Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Giggett. Okay. Chris Tucker. <laughs> Damn, listen to our the bloopers are like the funniest part. <laughs> well, maybe listen to our best of Christmas episodes that went up. Uh, when we talk about white Christmas, uh, people are, I think that's coming up this week. Uh, yeah, people listen to our best of Christmas episode that goes up this week. You will hear me and Ben just do rush hour quotes for about five minutes straight. Uh, <laughs> that's why my friend he sent me that rush hour fourth thing. Like, he and I at high school would just quote rush hour to each other every <laughs> we would do the kick and Jackie. Because <laughs> he he was one. It was Josh who did kill Phil. He was um Phil. No, I was Phil. He was the dealer guy who was trying to kill me. So he was the main guy in the Kill Phil movies. And so when we were making those movies, we would deliberately do bloopers. Like, like damn, he's not going to be in Kill Phil three. <laughs> I hope somebody out there, you're wasting all our film, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's terrible. You waste all our film. There is a blooper in the first one where Josh's girlfriend at the time calls him when we were filming something. (laughs) It just reminded us of that. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, 24. Um, yeah, I mean, the Araz family stuff's fantastic. Uh, there, there's a, a Navi moment, which I think is amazing, which is, uh, when, when Dina's on the phone with Beirut, which, um, he's he's got some bad acting (laughs) i i don't mind him all the time like jonathan dude here but when he's like oh he he tried to kill me and he said that's what it is i just don't buy him uh but uh the way that navi comes in who is that on the phone (laughs) and you know he knows right but he plays along with it with her but then later on there's a line he has i'm trying to find what it is um uh they talk they talk about like Tariq uh killing me and everything but yeah basically there's a part later on where Navi quotes what happened for oh yeah it's when he says uh okay so what do you want me to do like when he realizes no you were lying to me it's like you were talking to Perus won't you he's not just guessing because she says okay fine I was what do you want me to do and he says continue to meet him where you were like he heard the whole conversation but he didn't never bother to bring that up to him mm. like he could just easily go in there and say no, you're not going to do that. But he plays along with it. When I'm like, that's so sinister. Like, it's such a small detail, but it's like, oh, he was listening in the whole time and he doesn't even want to admit it, but he, he clearly knows because he quotes it later on. Like, that's the power of this man. Um, yeah, like their scene together is amazing. And the fact that she, you think, goes along with it, like, I still kind of have them like, wait, but uh, I'm like, but isn't she supposed to be helping Beirut? And I'm thinking like, well, does that come in a couple episodes from now? Like, I think she's still going to play along with this. And then she has another change of heart. Um, it's just, it's such a perfect storyline with this family. Like th- this is everything that every season tries to do just done 100% right. And I don't know whether it's the scripting of it. It's, it's definitely the acting. I mean, the, the acting is amazing. Like you said, they both should have gotten Emmys for this, this season. I mm. mean, for this episode alone, there's, there's going to be better episodes even to come with both of them. Um, yeah. The, the Araz family is what saves this episode from being like the worst of the season for me. I mean, this is, it's not going to be my lowest of the season. I'll just say that. But uh, um, the way that they have like the, j- just the gunshot, when you see the car in the distance and everyone's while Dina sort of looking over, uh, over by the train yard or whatever. And it, you just see like uh, Navi staring at them. And then the gunshot, just the way that he just so coldly is looking and shooting. I'm like, man, this, this is how you do a villain. You, you make him, 
really from the very beginning you know that he's dangerous you you sense that thing in like episode one where he's like beruz you're gonna do it i tell you to like you're all baby <laughs> <laughs> <Obey Him's> me. <laughs> <laughs> but you get that sense from the very beginning but like there's something about nestor serrano's performance where every time they one up how evil this guy is it catches you off guard yeah no i completely agree i completely agree and you're gonna in this episode or rent it to oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'll say right now I've been this episode but it's not my it's, it's not the the bin of Jack Robert's convenience store it's not the worst um just a couple of trivia things I do love here first of all on IMDB this is the second time that Lauren Monison plays a character named Gary he did so previously in the last American Virgin oh I need to see that one neither time did his character have a last name oh poor Gary um on 24 week, I haven't got my book yet. Should have my book for uh, the next couple of weeks. So don't worry. Um, Carlos Bernard returns as Tony Almeida for the rest of the season, but he isn't credited in this episode for obvious dramatic reasons. <laughs> Thank you, 24 wiki. <laughs> uh, we should mention that uh, Lana Perillia, uh, Sarah, is a main cast member as of this episode. So uh, that lasts all of like five episodes. So. I would, like, I'd love to know like, how that works in Hollywood because, like, if we got her on the show, like, there's obviously reasons for unions and, and things like that. So, like, I know if you're a main cast member, you get a certain salary versus a guest star and there's credits mm-hmm. to do with, like, the agencies. And I understand there's ins and out of how that works. But, like, again, are, are the writers aware that they're going to do what they do in a few episodes or do they generally think, like, you know, that they're going to keep on? Because that's interesting that you get bumped up. And this is the only season... I, well, I guess Penny Johnson Gerald, I think season two got bumped to main cast when she came in after. But, like, I, I, it's it's rare because I think um, Alberta Watson also gets bumped up to main cast member in if it's not this episode in another episode. or Roger Cross does. Does he as well I think Alber- Is Alberta Watson not already? Uh, I think – well, I don't think she started she the is. season. Well, she is now. But, yeah, I don't think she started as a main cast member, did she? Oh, no, she does. But okay. My bad. The mystery for me with – Lana Perilla is that in one week, it's almost going to be like, Oh, we don't want you anymore. You know, <laughs> we're going to do something with you and then slowly write you out it, it, the way that uh, we've kind of talked about other actors on this show too. Like, Oh, how many were you contracted for? Like, I think it was Joaquin De La Meda said that he was contracted for 10 or something like that. But then they said, can you give us one or two more? Yeah. Um, I can't remember, uh, Karina um, uh, played Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, oh, yeah, I was contracted for this many. I did that many, but then I had to come back to shoot the reveal scene for Nina later on. But uh, actors will usually be given 13 episodes because what do they call it? Like the, the first 13 is what a show gets picked up for. And then there's the the, the back 12, which is if we're going to renew it for the mid season point, we're going to get that. Now they already knew they had a full season, but it's probably still standard contract. You get a 13 episodes and then you go from there. Did she have an eight episode order or a seven episode order? And then they said, okay, we're going to be going somewhere with your character. She said, fine, but you got to make me a series regular. And they yeah. said, well, we didn't have that many plans. Maybe it was smart negotiations on her part. Cause there's no other reason to make her a series regular. Even two weeks from now, like they, they script these things enough weeks out that they knew they're basically going to be done with her in another week. Yeah. True. Or maybe it's also a case of, it's a bit of a device to the audience. And now that we see her as a main cast member, well, she's going to yeah. be around for the rest of the season. Uh, so maybe that's mm-hmm. in a contract like, hey, we're going to have you for 13 episodes this season, 14 episodes. We'll bump you up to main cast halfway through your run. You'll get the same pay, but we'll just, we're doing it for the audience, you know. Um, 
But and you're right, Roger Cross does get bumped up to main cast this season as well, and Alberta's been there from the beginning. So anyway. I remember watching the first couple episodes of the season. It's almost distracting that you only had like four names that mm. display at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, other, there's not a whole lot here outside of that. I mean, there's some continuity issues around the power plants and gun sounds that don't work. And the, the technicalities here, when Jack gives Audrey a Glock handgun, he tells her the safety is off. However, Glock does not have an on and off safety mechanism. Well, thank you. Um, I but I do like the one here that the address Marianne gives to um, Mr. Charity Function <laughs> video camera guy, uh, 357 White Oak Boulevard, but the computer says 457. Do they get to the right address? Because they're like, Marianne, she's dyslexic with numbers. <laughs> so we're going to assume it's this, or do they she just always know? always 100 off. That's just typical Marianne. <laughs> what, actually, one thing I wanted to say too, I love like the whole um, Aaron's daughter scene when she's like, you, oh, don't say that. <laughs> Take it back. Not in that context yet. Yeah, but like the, oh, did you give her like fucking Adderall? She's allergic. And I love yeah. like, it's the wrong fire. I love it when you like hear the doctor in the background like yelling at the nurse like, how did you get the wrong fire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I slept in this morning. I, you know, like. Oh, You're fired, Mitchell. <laughs> get out of my sight. Jonathan Price. Um, I'm buying this episode. Like it's not like it's it's not like the last two weeks. Like it's lower than the last two weeks. But there's just something about this episode, like the Tony, the Arras stuff. Like it's just it's strong enough for me that it's a buy for me. So yeah, I'm ranking this lower. Thirty fifth, I've got this. So this is my what is that second? Well, I've got a couple of rents and I've been having I. So this you know about halfway from what we've had so far this season. But um, it's still a buy for me. It's just not going to be a very high buy versus the other ones. Uh, so it's a bin for me, but it is my highest bin. I've got this as 66 overall. Um, and I debated whether I want to rent this. Cause again, I, it's not a bad episode. It's just, there's so many things about it, which like, that's just, it's such a, it's such an obvious mistake that like there's better ways to do this. And it is almost saved by the Raz family. And it's almost saved by Tony appearing at the end. But when I really looked at him, like that is such a small part of this episode, like the Raz, you could add that up and it's less than three, four minutes of screen time, you know? So, I mean, ultimately, I don't feel like if I'm ever going through the season, if there's an episode I'm like, I can skip, this is probably one of the ones that's easiest to skip. Oh, well, next week, speaking of skip, um, <laughs> it's not a bin, don't worry, we're not there yet. But, like, it's just, next week, there's a storyline which just, it makes me mad. It makes me just mad, and it just leans into 24, season four, let's just torture people for reasons. Um, and it just, I think CTU just ends up getting even more inept uh, moving forward uh, next week. We'll say uh, there's a random character next week who I just weirdly love. Um, Blink and you'll miss her, but she's great. <laughs> she's the Melanie Marcy? of this season. I like Marcy, Tony's girlfriend. <laughs> I love her. Oh, <laughs> Jen, yeah. There's Jen. <laughs> going to be very forgotten. I want us in like season eight to do like 24 trivia. Who was Jen? We'd be like, huh? <laughs> Jen? Who the fuck's Jen? Um, but like, you won't remember Jen after next week, but um, I randomly love her uh, next. And not for the reasons you're thinking either. I just like her as a character. And she has a great scene with Audrey, which is like one of my favorite scenes. And Audrey just getting better and better each week. But it's, it's, eh, there's a, the, the ending of the episode's a bit like, okay, um, Jack hates helicopters again next week. <laughs> um, so there's some, Decent stuff, but again, it's pretty, yeah. I'm not buying it and I'm not binning it. So we'll see what I do with it. 
I'm I'm not buying it or bidding it anyways. So we already gave away what we're doing with next week's episode. Yeah, we're not uh, coming back next week. The <laughs> week after. <laughs> Listen, anyways, though, because if uh, the the bad one liner this week is bad, there's a one liner which is very cheesy next week, which will probably go down as maybe maybe one of the greatest lines of dialogue in the history of 24, which is almost the whole reason to watch the episode. I don't even know what you're talking about. We're about to find out. I also should mention, I have marked down on my list, uh, Tony's return as a possible top five, but I won't make it. Yeah, I have that too. But I should have mentioned that I've starred that there as a possible top five. Um, tune in next week uh, for another episode of 24. This week we'll have our best of Christmas episode three column, which uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, White Christmas, uh, Christmas with the Cranks, and I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas uh, coming this week. Amazing Race, uh, I think, is ending this week, isn't it? So um, It just ended. Just, you will, oh, probably already have heard this. Cool. Good for that. Um, Avatar number two coming out, I think, this week. Maybe we'll do it mm-hmm. this week. Not too sure. We've got a couple other ones that are maybes for some reviews. We've got, uh, I think, it's Spirited, the Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell movie. There's the Weird Hour one, which I know both you and I are keen to to watch, which we might do something on. So uh, there might be a few random pop-up episodes here and there, but of course our big one will have the best of, which uh, in about a week and a half or so, we'll have that dropping for you. All the funny bits might be some from this episode. You never know. Um, All that pissing on talk would make it. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And if you like our voices, we've got some other good shows out there. Double Oz 7, that's pretty good. Off the podium, it's probably the best one we do. Eurovision, kind of shit. It hasn't been on for a while. Um, qualifying lap. Qualifying lap. lap. Yeah, coming, the big reboot coming soon. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I couldn't bring back the qualifying lap now, Colin, because F1's so popular now that I would just be, you know, down the bottom. It doesn't matter. I've been doing it for how long? All these, like, millennials who were like, oh, I watch Netflix. I like Formula One. Like, okay, good for you. There's going to be no qualifying lap legacy or qualifying lap live another day. Oof, tell you what, like, both our fans, they're waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, stay tuned for all that and um, 24 still continuing on my name is Ben and I'm ashamed of myself and my name is Colin and I killed two people today I'm freaking out thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. 
For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>